out of it just a few weeks ago. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you for your word. Now I pray that you bless it as it goes out. Help us leave here tonight with what you sent. And I pray that you bless our invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. Going to jump right into it if we could. If you do recall verse 21, uh, one of the first messages in this self-service Christianity series we did was on keeping yourselves. Keeping ourselves in the love of God. Remember, not keeping ourselves being loved of Christ, but keeping ourselves in the position of experiencing all that the love of Christ brings with it. Uh, The love of God and his grace has much to bestow upon us, and he showed us how in verse 21 to keep ourselves in that position to experience all that comes along with the love of Christ. Now, I want you to notice when we read verse 17, verse verse number 19, uh, we start getting the context we're going to preach on tonight. Uh, When we looked at these verses, we see a negativity, if you will, uh, about people, people mockers in the last time who walk after their own ungodly lust, sensual, the Bible says. They've separated themselves. That's who we don't want to be, verse 17 through verse 19. Verse 21 that we've already preached out of, that's who we want to be, right? We want to be those who keep ourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now, here's what's amazing. Watch what happens. Verse 17, 18, 19 shows us who we do not want to be. We don't want to be amongst those mockers, those sensual who have separated themselves. Uh, But then it shows, verse 21, who we do want to be, those who keep ourselves in the love of God. And then right there sandwiched in the middle is verse number 20. And verse number 20 shows us a very important truth about how we go about achieving verse 21. Now, we all want to keep ourselves in the love of God, right? We all want to keep ourselves in a place where not only is God expressing his love to all of us, but we're experiencing it. We're getting to experience what God's grace has for us. So how do we do verse 21? I like how-tos. My wife will ask me to go pick up something or ask me to do something. Uh, Anytime she asks me to build her something, that's what I used to do a lot. Uh, I used to build a lot, and she'd want a piece of furniture built. Uh, Maybe she'd want something built around the house, and I would always tell her, get me a picture. Get me a picture. She would obviously go on Pinterest, get a picture, and then I would know what I was working toward. Well, verse 21, we've already covered it. We already know what God wants us to do, to keep ourselves in the love of God. How do we do that? Well, verse 20 gives us the picture of exactly how to keep ourselves in the love of God. Verse 20 says, but ye beloved, build up yourselves. Build up yourselves. The way that we keep ourselves in the love of God is by learning to build up ourselves in our faith. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, building up ourselves. This series on self-service Christianity is things, as I've told you many times, that God wants us to do for ourselves. There's so many things God does for us and God has done for us. Thank God for his goodness and grace in sending Jesus to live, die, and rise again for us. I'm thankful he did that for us. But after we get saved, there's some things he wants us to do for ourselves. And here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid so many of us are waiting on someone else to do it for us. You're waiting for your Sunday school teacher. Uh, You're waiting for your pastor. I hate to tell you. Uh, I'll try to do for you what I can. But I can't do for you what only you can do for yourself. There's so many things in our walk with God that have to be self-started. We've got to do them for ourselves. And tonight we're going to look at this subject of building up ourselves. I'm afraid tonight that too much of our verse 21, the keeping of ourselves, 
uh, that we're waiting on someone else to do that. No, no. If we're going to keep ourselves, we've got to learn to build up ourselves. And uh, that's what we're going to look at here just for a few minutes tonight. And I pray you'll open your heart to that. Uh, just today, I was reading. Or actually, I wasn't reading. I was listening. I remembered a quote by Ronald Reagan. I enjoyed listening to him speak. I told Brother Michael, it's sad uh, that someone out of Hollywood, an actor, uh, back during that era of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, uh, had more morals and scruples than uh, most politicians on what we would call the right today uh, in America and American politics. And I remembered a mantra that Reagan had in a lot of the speeches that I've read and a lot of the speeches I've heard, uh, and it was the mantra of peace through strength. You heard him mention that often, peace through strength. I have a few quotes from one of the speeches he gave. He says, the only way to preserve and maintain peace is through strength. America has never gotten into a war because we were too strong. It's when we are weak that tyrants are tempted. And then he said this, building up a military not to promote war, but building up a military to prepare for peace. To prepare for peace. Peace through strength. I said, what does that have to do with anything? Well, there's a reason the Bible tells us to build up ourselves. We build up ourselves in verse 20 so that we can keep ourselves in verse 21. If we don't build up ourselves in verse 20 and build up ourselves in our faith in verse 20, there's no way we can keep ourselves in verse number 21. Uh, listen, the reason you don't have spiritual peace in your life, as in times I don't have spiritual peace in my life, is because perhaps I haven't focused on building up myself so that I could keep myself. You see, it is peace through strength. That should be the mantra of every Christian. You want peace in your life? It begins with spiritual strength. Where do you get that from? You've got to build it up yourself. God says this is a construction project that each and every one of us should be about, that we build up ourselves in order to keep ourselves. And tonight, I believe there's three things simply in verse 20 that we need to see on this fact of building up ourselves. God says, you got to do this for yourself. Remember last week we talked about maturity. Uh, maturity is building ourselves and growing in different stages of our life. God shows us how to do that in verse 20. Let's jump into it if we could. The first word, the Bible says, but ye beloved building. Notice that, building. Now, God's using an analogy to help us draw a comparison. Now, what I want you to think about tonight is, why did God use the analogy of building? What is God equating building uh, in a physical sense to a spiritual sense? Now, think about this. Whatever you're building tonight, whether you are building a house, whether you're building a doghouse, uh, whether you're building a, a nice I don't know, casserole. Do you build casseroles? Can you do that? We'll just call it that, all right? You're building a casserole. Uh, maybe uh, Miss Becky gave me a, a beautiful, beautiful blanket uh, that she had uh, knitted together there in my office. It's beautiful. Uh, no matter what you're building, think about this tonight. Whether you're building a motor or a house, everything you build has a plan, correct? You know what you want in the end, and you see the end product in your mind. In order to get there, you've got to have a plan. Once you have that end product of what you're working toward, then you devise a plan and how to get there. Now, tonight, the first step in building up ourselves is to realize this, the plan in building up ourselves. This is number one tonight. If we are going to build up ourselves, doesn't it come uh, just to common sense to us that we need a plan by that? That if our Father wants us to keep ourselves uh, in the place where we experience the love of God, then we've got to build ourselves. How do we build ourselves? Well, building requires a plan. Now, verse 21 is the end product. What is it? 
keeping ourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That's the end product. That's what God expects of us. Now, folks, the reason we need to understand how to build up ourselves is because God expects that of us. Do you know that's what the judgment seat of Christ is all about for the Christian? All right? I'm thankful I'm not going to the great white throne. I'm going to the judgment seat of Christ where I will give an account on what I did in this life with the resources and time that God gave me. And when I stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ, do you know what's going to happen there? I'm going to be judged by God's expectations. That means I'm going to be measured up by what thus saith the Lord and my building project that I'm supposed to have underway right now is going to be measured up by the great contractor of all eternity. And it's important to understand that if I'm going to build up myself, uh, myself, I need to understand the plan on how to do that. Now turn with me, if you will, to 2 Peter. I want to show you something. 2 Peter chapter, is just to your left a few pages. If you're not sure where it's at, just turn maybe, I don't know, three, four, five pages. 2 Peter chapter 1, I want you to look at verse number 3. Watch what the Bible tells us. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Pause right there. Notice the end of that verse. The Bible says we are called to what? Glory and virtue. That's the end product of what God is calling us to. That's what God desires us to be built into. How do we get there? Well, the Bible says in verse 3, According to his divine power, he hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now, what does that mean tonight? That means God has given us a plan on how to reach the end product. God has given us the resources to build what he's going to require of us. Now, understand this tonight, folks. When we stand before God, there's no room for excuses. When we stand before God, there's no way to say that we didn't know. Why? Because the Bible says he's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Here's what it means. God's given us the material to build the end product. There's no excuses. Many times we've been on a job site with dad and my brother and we get out to build a house and uh, there at the, the dirt pad is set and there'd be bundles of lumber all over the site. And those bundles of lumber and, and stacks of wafer board, I mean, they were all that. You know what that was? That was the material to build the house because there's an end product that the homeowner wanted. But that end product was going to come about how? By a plan. God has a plan for us tonight to build up ourselves, and that plan includes all that he's given us in order to pertain to life and godliness. Uh, I don't know who, whose class it was. Uh, I think it was Miss Pam's class, uh, home at class several years ago. And uh, I got uh, kind of lassoed in to being a judge of these muffins that the girls made. You girls remember making those muffins? And I had to eat them. <clears throat> and um, I got to eat them. I'm sorry. I meant to say I got to eat them. Did that come out? It's been a long day. Did that come out the way that it sounded? I, I apologize. And uh, that's why we have Home Mac, amen, so they can learn how to do that. And, uh, I go in there, and there's five or six different pieces of these muffins, and I'm trying this, and I'm trying this, and I'm trying this. And I could tell by the end product that things didn't go according to plan. 
All right? I can just tell. I'm not, not naming names. Not naming names. All right? You, you can assume whether it was you or not based on how good it was. I, I'm behind the pulpit, girls. I got to be honest, okay? I can't lie behind the pulpit. I have to be honest. Some of them, I could tell, didn't go according to plan. Why? The end product didn't turn out right. All right? Uh, that's usually the problem. When the end product is not what it needs to be, that something did not go according to plan. Now, watch. When we stand before God one day... The end product doesn't have to be wrong. It doesn't have to be bad. We don't have to come up short, but we've got to stick with the plan of what God said to build and how God said to build it. I'll give another example. A few weeks ago, I walked into the main office, and there was Ms. Gretchen there in the main office with all of these pieces of particle board on the floor. Evidently, my wife had lassoed her into putting together this little coffee cart that we have there in the office for the staff now. And uh, Ms. Gretchen was in there, and there was pieces of particle. I don't call it wood, okay? There's a lot of things in our world that identify as things that are not today. I draw the line when particle board identifies as wood. It's not wood. It's particle board, okay? It's glued together sawdust. That's all it is. And I walk in there, and there's pieces of wood everywhere and little pieces of hinges and screws and all of these spacers and washers and all of those things. And I bought Miss Gretchen a pizza because I knew that if she didn't do it, I was probably going to be the one doing it. That was worth a pizza all day long in my book. And she said, I like doing stuff like this. Before long, I come in, there's the coffee cart. It is there, and it's, it's standing, and it's holding weight, and there's a coffee pot on there. Do you know what the end product told me? The end product told me that someone had stuck with the plan. Things went according to plan. Now, folks, God has called us very clearly in verse number 20 to build up ourselves. And in order to build up ourselves, we have to understand that in order to reach God's end product, we've got to use God's plan. And if we don't use God's plan, we're not going to have God's end product, and we're going to be built into something that God did not desire we be. A verse we, we quote a lot for our young people, but boy, this is a great one for all of our lives, Jeremiah 29, 11. The Bible says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected what? End. Notice what he said. I want you to have an expected end. Our Father wants us to know what's going to be at the end. We don't have to sit around biting our proverbial fingernails off, wondering and worrying. Matter of fact, <clears throat> what did Paul say? Paul said, it henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Paul had an expected end. He knew what he was looking forward to. Why? Because he had built himself according to plan. Folks, that's the will of God for us tonight. That we build up ourselves according to the plan that God has given us. What I love about Jeremiah 29, 11 is that word thoughts. You'll never believe what it means. It means plan or intention. God says, for I know the thoughts. I know the plan. I know the intentions that I have toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Oh, isn't it wonderful when you know everything's going to turn out all right? Isn't it wonderful to know that, look, there's nothing that can happen to you after you get saved to take your salvation away. You know what the end's going to be, that one day it's a happy ending. Do you know you can have that same happy ending thinking about standing before God at the judgment seat of Christ? You know where it begins? The plan of building up yourselves. It's got to be God's plan in order to have God's product in the end. I looked throughout Scripture today just thinking about different people that I believe really exemplified keeping themselves keeping themselves. 
people who reach 21. I don't know about you. I want to reach 21. I want to reach verse 21. Can I tell you, I know our young people always get excited about reaching the age of 21. You ought to strive to reach verse 21. Well, you reach verse 21, you'll have accomplished something. Where? That you've kept yourself in the love of God. You get to verse 21. And I tried to think about people who've done just that. And one that came to mind was Daniel. Daniel. I believe Daniel kept himself in the love of God. Do you agree? I believe he did. Daniel kept himself in the place where God's hand and God's blessing and grace was upon his life. How did Daniel get to 21? Well, you can't get to 21 without going through 20. Daniel built up himself. See, how do you know that Daniel built up himself? Well, when I read my Bible, the Bible shows me that Daniel kept the plan. So how do you know that? Well, he prayed like he was supposed to pray, stuck with the plan. That Daniel purposed in his heart that he wouldn't defile himself with the king's wine or the king's meat. Do you know what he was doing? He was keeping with the plan. He was building up himself. And when the trouble came, Daniel kept himself because he built up himself. I think about Job. Would you say Job kept himself? I would say so. All that he went through, Job kept himself. How did Job keep himself? How did Job get to verse 21 where he kept himself in the love of God? Well, you can't get to 21 without going through 20. Job built himself. See, how do you know that Job built himself? Go read Job 1.1. He was perfect, upright, fear God, and shoot evil. What was he doing? What was he doing the morning that trouble came? He was praying before his God. You know what he was doing? He was keeping the plan. He was building up himself. Why? So that he could keep himself. Can I tell you tonight, we can find anybody we want and anything we want to blame ourselves on why we are not what we ought to be. But the responsibility of the matter is tonight, God has given us the responsibility to build ourselves. Well, I would be more of what God would have me to be if this person had not wronged me and this person had not fallen down as my example. No, no, no. Hey, if that was the case, Daniel would have never stood for God. Daniel had been kidnapped. He was in a faraway country. He was all alone, but Daniel didn't use any of those excuses. He just kept building himself. He says, stick with the plan. Keep with the plan. And after a while, Daniel kept himself. Folks, the responsibility is you and I's tonight to build up ourselves. How do we do that? By keeping ourselves. Regardless of what comes our way, we got to stick with the plan. Um, Several years ago, I took Leslie to New York City for our anniversary, and she wanted to go see the Rockefeller trees, and we went to see that and flew into New York City and um, uh, went across the Brooklyn Bridge. I'd never done that before, and uh, I know those folks do it every day for, for a guy from Mississippi. That was a neat thing. As we're going across the, uh, the Brooklyn Bridge, you realize how high it is. You see it's kind of an older bridge, and yet still standing, still serving, and went back and did some reading on that. And uh, 1863, an engineer by the name of John Roebling embarked upon this impossible mission of building a bridge between the boroughs of Brooklyn and Manhattan. Everybody said he couldn't do it. You can't span a bridge that for over 6,000 feet, over 275 feet in the air in order to get it to the span that it needed to be. And everybody told him that you can't do that, and yet he decided he was going to do that. And him and his son Washington sat down to devise a plan on how to build a bridge from Brooklyn to Manhattan. They started working on it not long into it. I believe in the first year he suffered. He went through a massive accident that rendered him immobile. He could no longer walk. He could no longer talk. The only thing he could do was move one finger. 
Everybody thought the project was going to be over with. There's no way you can build this bridge. The great engineer who had the idea to do this, uh, he's an invalid now. He can't do this. But he refused. He refused. So how do you know? His wife would go in there to sit and visit with him. And when Roebling would sit there in the bed looking at his wife, all he could do was tap on his arm. And slowly but surely, John Roebling figured out a way to communicate to his wife through tapping on her arm. And 12 years later, the Brooklyn Bridge was built. And it was completed. The story goes back to how that man would not give up on his plan. He said, this is the plan. We're going to figure it out. We're going to make it happen. And he did it with the tapping of his finger. The Brooklyn Bridge, the great engineer who did what nobody thought could be done. He did it by sticking to the plan. We're not going to give up. And they figured it out. Oh, that God's people would be like that. That no matter what came our way, no matter how hard life got, we're just going to stick with the plan and we're going to keep on building. Mom and dad, can I tell you something tonight? No matter how hard it gets, stick with the plan. Stick with the plan. Why? Because the plan is the only way to have the product. Husband and wife, hear me out tonight. No matter what comes your way, how hard it gets, the struggles get, no matter if you're alone having to try to live for God in your marriage, stick with the plan. Why? The plan's the only way to get the product. And you stick with the plan. You keep building. There are times in my ministry where all it feels like is I can do this. I feel about landlocked. Some You ever been there? You ever feel like I can't hardly move a muscle? All that I can do is move that thing. Hey, whatever it takes, you figure out a way to stick with the plan. Keep building. Why? Because God has a product that he desires to work through you. He wants to keep you, but you've got to build you. Amen? Number one tonight, the plan in building up yourselves it's simple. God wants us to know it's got to be his. It's got to be his. Stick with his plan. That's how we build. But then watch this. There's a very important word right after building. Notice building up ourselves. Building up. Now, that seems like a directional word, doesn't it? Building up. It's not necessarily talking about up, okay? So those of you that are vertically challenged, don't worry, okay? You can still be spiritual, Amen. But ye beloved, building up yourselves. That word up means to add to or accumulate. Add to or accumulate. Uh, think about this. Uh, when, you're, when you're putting money in the bank, you are saving what? Up. All right, some of you, husbands, I know, I know our husbands in here tonight. You're so forward thinking and you're so thoughtful and you're so considerate. You're saving up for a wonderful Christmas present for your wife. I know you. Congratulations, sir. Congratulations, all right? I hope that's a real congratulations. And you're saving up. It doesn't mean you're going vertical. It means you're accumulating. All right, this is a very important word. God put that word up in there. He could have just said building yourselves, but he says building up. It's like Genesis 41. What did God tell Joseph? Tell them to lay up corn, all right? He wasn't telling them to stack corn, all right? Here's the answer, Joseph. Tell them to stack corn up as high as they can go, and they're going to be fine. No, no. He was telling them to accumulate corn. Matthew, what does the Bible say? Lay up treasures in heaven. All right? He's talking about accumulate, add up treasures in heaven. This is very important. Building up shows us the second thing tonight that you've got to do. It shows us the process in building up yourselves. There's a process, okay? Now, we know what God wants. Verse 21, that's what God wants. He wants us to keep ourselves in the love of God. How do we do that? We've got to learn to build up. That means to accumulate. Now, here's what's interesting. Once you put your faith and trust in Christ, 
You have faith. Thank God for that. We'll look at it in a minute, Second Peter 1. The Bible talks about adding to our what? Our faith. All right, thank God we have that. We can't lose that. And we're thinking, all right, I have my faith. I'm saved. I'm what I need to be. No, the Bible says after that we add to our faith. Now, this is vitally important. If you don't get this tonight, you're going to miss something that you're going to need in your walk with God, I assure you. Building up means adding to what we already have. Okay? Building up is adding to what we already have. It's like saving up for college. I remember saving up. Mom and dad says, you know, you try to do right, stay in the will of God, study hard, and we'll help you where we can. And then, hey, we're going to trust God for the rest. And God took care of college. God did wonders for me in that. But I remember saving up. And one time I got up uh, over $5,000 in the bank. And that was a big deal for me in my life because uh, I liked food. That's what I spent a lot of my money on, just driving through places. And I remember that uh, I went to the bank one day and checked my balance on what I had. I had things going on at school. I had to buy some new books and stuff. And I noticed that there wasn't in there what I thought was in there. And I'm thinking, they've got this wrong. You know what? They've lost track of my money. Well, the truth of the matter was, every night for four years when I was in college, I drove through Taco Bell and got a sweet tea and an order of nachos. Every night for four years. And I'm still alive. That just shows you God has his hand on my life. Amen. Still alive after eating Taco Bell for four years. And I added up how much I spent over four years of college every night, Taco Bell, sweet tea, nachos. And I was thinking, oh, my soul. That'll buy half a book in college. No, it would have bought a little bit more. You see, it's hard to save up if you're spending All right? The way that you save up is you've got to hold on to what you have. Here's the the bad problem in Christianity today. We leak really bad. All right? God fills us up. We add to our faith on Sunday morning, and by Wednesday night, it's leaked out. It's gone. Why? Because it didn't matter enough to us to hold on to it. The Bible says if you're going to build and become the end product, you've got to build up. That means once you get something, hold on to it. I'm going to tell you a story that some of you men have probably experienced before in your life. Uh, And I hate to admit it, but it really happened. Uh, My first vehicle was an 86 Ford F-150. I bought it from my dad. And I was so proud of that truck. Worked all summer at roofing to kind of pay for it. And uh, it was ugly, but it was mine. And boy, I I remember the first time I went to change my oil. I went to an oil change place. They told me it was going to cost. Man, it was expensive to pay somebody to change your oil. I said, well, I can do it cheaper myself. So I went and bought the oil, maybe at AutoZone, had a little kit, 1999, even come with a pack of rags. I mean, how good was that? And I says, I'm going to change my oil to save money. That's when you start feeling like a responsible adult, when you start doing those kind of grown-up things. And, and so I climbed underneath the truck, had plenty of room to move, and I put the bucket underneath there. I did the plug, and woo, it's draining out. And I go on in the house and wait for the oil to drain out. And I come back out, open up, man, a lid. I put, the, put a cord over in there, and I put the lid back, it drained on down there. And man, just so excited, you know, about how I just did that for myself. Mm. Pull that dipstick out. Good night, this thing's thirsty. It's not even registering. Good night. Yep, I forgot to put the plug in. You know, it's hard to keep oil in your car if you don't keep oil in your car. You see, I I wanted to add to it, but I was losing it just as fast as I was putting it in. Look, that's going to cause a breakdown sooner or later. you got to have some oil in your car. That's why we break down as Christians. We don't retain what we have. 
It's not that important to us. I mean, we get out of here on 1230 on Sunday mornings. We're like, whoo, I'm glad we're over with that. And we're gone. Don't have to come back until Wednesday. And we leave behind whatever truth that God had for us that day. And we wonder why we're not building up ourselves because we're not holding on to what we already had. You know what the Bible called that in the Old Testament? (laughs) Really in the New Testament too. It's called backsliding. It's called backsliding. It's like doing the spiritual moonwalk. <laughs> I'm not going to do it, okay? I see some of you looking like, go ahead. Not happening, all right? You look like you're moving forward, but you're moving backwards. You're making all the right moves that looks like you're going that way, but you're going that way. That's the way we are spiritually. Look, if we're going to build and become what God has for us to be, that end product that's pleasing to him, you've got to go through the process of building up that means once we get something, we retain it. Let's go back to 2 Peter. I don't know that you're getting it, so we're going to have to go back, okay? 2 Peter, I want you to look at it back in chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, I want to show you what it says. Verse 1 says we've obtained like precious faith. 2 Peter 1, 1, we've obtained like precious faith. So there's our foundation. The Bible goes on to say in verse 3, according as his power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So here's what it is. God's given us all the material to build on top of that faith. Verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now watch verse 5. Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Add to your faith. Can I tell you what that is? That's the process. All right? You've got your faith. You're saved. Thank God we can't lose that one or we'd lose it. Add to it now. What does it say? Giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue. By the way, I believe these are in a purposeful order. When you look at those, can I tell you, nothing matters if you don't have virtue. You've got to have virtue. Watch, watch what it says. Giving all diligence add to your faith, virtue and a virtue knowledge. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't have virtue, it doesn't matter. Virtue undermines everything. That's holiness, righteousness, purity of heart. You gotta have that first. So, on top of our foundation, let's add uh, add virtue. And then virtue, what are we gonna add? We're gonna add some knowledge. God says, get you knowledge. That virtue helps govern that knowledge. And then it says, to knowledge, temperance. You know, if you're not careful, your knowledge will make your head swell. Man, and the bigger you are and the bigger your head swells, the bigger target to the devil you are. Knowledge puffeth up. So what do we need to help govern that knowledge? You need temperance. Temperance is self-control. And the Bible says to temperance, patience. Now watch, he's not saying uh, after you get patience, well, then you can let go of the virtue. No, you got to hang on to the virtue. And then you hang on to the virtue, you add knowledge, and you hang on to the knowledge, and you're going to add patience. All of these things, temperance and patience, all the way down the line. Watch this. And to patience, godliness. Kind of neat that he tells us you need patience before godliness, because it takes patience to be godly. You're going to need that. Add that, all right? Patience, godliness. Godliness, brotherly kindness. You see, it's hard to be kind to your brother without being godly first. Maybe the reason you're having trouble being kind to your brother is because you're not godly. You see, you skipped a step there. And a brotherly kindness, charity. What is that charity? That's that unconditional love. It takes a lot of stuff that we've added to our faith, build it up in order for us to become what God would have us to be and what's pleasing to him. 
Louis L'Amour, we know him as the Western author. I think a lot of guys read him as kids in school. Said this, victory is won not in miles but in inches. Win a little now, hold your ground, and later win a little more. Win a little more. You see, as a child of God, we take two steps forward on Sunday, and then Monday we take one back, Tuesday we take one back, and by Wednesday we're back where we were on Sunday. You see, we're missing the process of building up, accumulating, adding. So how do we do that? It's got to matter. If you have money in your savings account, can I tell you how it got there? Unless you inherited it, you made it a point to work at accumulating that. You know, you, you ate beans and rice and rice and beans if you're on the Dave Ramsey plan. We're going to do what we can. We're going to save up. You know, we're not going to go out to eat today. I mean, uh, I looked over in my wife's car door today. Uh, someone spammed my office. Uh, Brother Timothy and Miss Elizabeth spammed my office um, mailbox during Pastor Appreciation Month and literally would spam. Real spam, okay? And I love spam. You know, what do they say? Don't knock it till you fried it, right? It's delicious. It's good. My, I introduced it to my daughter the other night and looked over there in the car door and there was a can of spam. I said, well, if times get tough, we always got that spam there. You know, we can eat that. And maybe they thought it was a joke, but we're going to eat it. Amen. You worked hard to accumulate that. Look, it's going to be no different in building up our faith. The same way you built up your bank account is how you build up your faith. You're going to have to work hard to accumulate. It's not just going to happen there by accident. That's why, watch, in Paul's farewell address, what did he tell Timothy? I have fought a good fight. I finished my course. And I believe Paul is so excited to say, I have kept the faith. That's hard. Look at all of what Paul went through. And Paul says, I kept the faith. I held on to what I had. Oh, can I tell you, when you reach your dying day and you draw your last breath, boy, if you're aware of it at those few moments, all that's going to matter to you is that you said, I kept my faith. I added to it, I added to it, I added to it. And when I was by myself, like Daniel, I kept the faith. When times were tough, like Job, I kept my faith. I held on to it. Why? Because the Bible says that's all that's going to matter one day. Faith is a currency of all eternity. And I believe tonight we've got to start saving it up. That's the process of building up yourselves. And I believe tonight the reason we don't have faith is simply because we haven't kept it. We don't have it because we haven't kept it. So what do you mean by that? Well, we learn and we grow and we sit in Sunday school and we listen to preaching. Hey, that's great you listen to preaching. That's great that you you like reading about what God's word says. But what are you holding on to? Because if we don't go through the process of building up ourselves, we're never going to have the end product of what God wants us to have and what's pleasing to him. I won't take the time to go through all these in 2 Peter, but you ought to read those when you get home. That's how we keep moving forward in who God would have us to be. That's the process. But finally, I'll give you this. Back in Jude, verse 20, what are we looking at? How to build up ourselves. The plan's got to be God's. You're not just building what you want. You're building what God wants. That means you've got to use his plan. What's the process? Building up, accumulating, add to. You can't keep moving forward and sliding backwards. Finally, notice what it says here, Build, but ye beloved, building up yourselves, now here's the important part I want to give you before we close, on your most holy faith, on your most holy faith, it's important that you focus your building efforts in the right place, okay? What does the song say, the, 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 the old poem, only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last, all right? Now hear me out. We only have one life, we only have so much time, we only have so much effort, and we only 
get to build one thing at a time, and you've got to decide what you're going to focus your life, your effort, your resources on building. The Bible says, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. It's important there's a place you focus your building on. Right outside of our town in Carson, there is a, or there used to be a beautiful brick house. It's burned down since. Uh, but my dad told me the story years ago, big, big, beautiful house with uh, brick arches. I mean, just gorgeous. It really stood out in Jeff Davis County out there in the country, but it was, it was a beautiful home. And the house sat vacant most of my life, if I recall correctly. And I asked my dad about it one time, and he says, that house was built on property that was improperly surveyed. And when that house was built, a portion of that house was across the landline for someone else. That house was in limbo for years in court battles and arguments and things along that line because the house was built in the wrong place. Talking about something that would make you uh, stay up at night, thinking about that. You see, they built it in the wrong place, and in the end, it was worthless. Just an argument, fighting, court battles, lawsuits, and all of these. Why? They built in the wrong place. They'd focused all of their effort to build in somewhere that wasn't belonging to them. Now, what are we getting at? The Bible says our focus of building up ourselves, our energy, and our effort should be on your most holy faith. Now, this serves as a reminder tonight of our priorities in life. Finally, notice the precaution in building up yourselves. The precaution in building up ourselves. Now, verse 21 is what God wants. Keep ourselves. How do we do that? We build ourselves. But here's the problem. Unfortunately, so many of us are not prepared to keep ourselves because the focus of our work and where we build is not on our faith. We don't work on that very often. We work on that when we get around to that, but we work on everything else. We focus our attention on everything else. When the Bible says, beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, that means God says this should be the focus and the priority of your life. This is where you're focusing your efforts of building. Now think about it tonight, how much of our time and our effort goes into building up our faith. Think about it. How much of our efforts do we put throughout the course of a week uh, in making sure that we're walking with God and we're growing in 2 Peter chapter 1 that I'm going to work this week on adding faith. I was so ashamed as I studied this and looking at my to-do list for tomorrow and you didn't find temperance on there. You didn't find patience on there. You didn't find brotherly kindness on there. Why? Oftentimes we don't put those on the to-do list. But can I tell you, one day that's going to matter. That we focused our efforts on building up our faith on our most holy faith. Matthew chapter 7, listen to what the Bible says here in verse 26. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, you know this account well about building on the rock and building on sand. But listen to what he says in application to our point here. Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Can I tell you, it mattered where you built? It mattered where you built. That one man built on sand, the one man built on rock, he dug deep, he built in the right place. And when the trouble came, watch this, he got to keep his house. Go figure that. He built where he was supposed to build, and he was able to keep all that he invested in that. 
We wonder why so often we can't keep our children and can't keep our homes and keep our church and keep our country all together. I'm afraid we're focusing our efforts building in the wrong place. I'm afraid we're focusing our efforts on building a kingdom in this life rather than on our faith. And that's why we're losing everything. Our homes, our kids, churches all over this country, we didn't build in the right place. I think about how often we desire, you know, making sure our kids have everything. And I want my kid to have everything that that I think she needs to have. And sometimes that's not what she wants to have, but it's everything I think she needs to have as a dad. And we want to make sure our kids have security and our homes are taken care of. And all of those things. Can I tell you, financial security is no good if you don't have faith security? Who does he send back first, Ezra or Nehemiah? It was Ezra. He said, get the faith right first. Get the faith right first. You can build and you can grow. Hey, just ask Rome. You can have all the infrastructure in the world, but if you don't have things right with God and you're not built where you need to be built, you're not going to keep it. You can stack it up. You can store it up. You can lay it up, and you can have all the security in the world. Just ask the rich man who did. He had stacked it up. He had all that he ever needed and all that he could ever need more for many lifetimes, and yet it was no good to him. He was not able to keep it. Why? He built in the wrong place. Why don't we do this? Well, simply this, and we'll close. The Bible says, but beloved, building up yourselves on your most, what's that word there? It's that word we hate, holy faith. Holy faith. You know, holiness means away from sin, away from carnality, away from the world. Our faith is a holy faith, and building up our faith may just cost us keeping up with the world. That I can't focus my efforts and my energies on building what the world says is acceptable and approved. I'm going to have to focus on building up my faith because that's what's pleasing to God. That's why we don't do it. Why? Because faith is holy. I've got to focus on what is holy, what is righteous, what is pure before God. That's what God desires of his children. That's why he says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Why? That will last Get away from the corruption. You get away from what's going to tear everything down. Get away from the sinking sand because he wants us to build up so that we could do verse 21, so that we could keep up. Tonight, if there's something you need to learn to do for yourselves, is you need to learn to build up yourself. Build up yourself. Now, look, I'm not saying stand in front of the mirror and say, you're awesome. You're great. You're so strong. My wife tells me that sometimes. I'm like, hey, I appreciate it, but I know you're lying, you know. Good wife trying to build up her husband, you know. After I feel like a message falls flat because you don't smile when I preach, you know. Uh, I'll be on my way home and you're saying, gosh, I just fell flat. Oh, that went great, man. God just gave me this out of that message and all that. She's trying to build me up. I'm not talking about that kind of build up. I'm talking about building ourselves in our faith. Young people, look, you don't have to wait until you're 21 to start building up your faith. It begins with a plan. All right, you don't build anything without a plan. God says build yourselves, all right? That means there's a plan, and the plan is his. You stick with his plan, things go according to plan. The end product will be as Paul, henceforth, has laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Paul had an expected end, but then there's a process. Boy, if there's any point tonight that I feel like this is where we missed it, it's in that little word up. We don't hold on to what we get. We hear it, we're like, yeah, okay, that's a great point. I'm going to try to remember that. And we walk out. And before we get through the drive through at Popeye's tonight, we didn't forgot it. What does Hebrews say? We should give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest any time we let them slip. That word slip means to leak out of broken vessels. You better fight to accumulate faith. You better fight to accumulate the good things that come along with our faith. Why? Because one day, the great building inspector of all eternity, God himself, 
is going to look at the building project that's underway right now. He's going to see how you did. Judgment seat of Christ. You say, well, nobody's perfect. Nope, but he did give us a plan. And now we know the process. And that precaution is make sure you're focusing your efforts to build on your most holy faith. I want to focus on that. Hey, there's nothing wrong with having hobbies and nothing wrong with having security. And there's nothing wrong with having possessions. Nothing wrong with any of those type of things. But we know those things are going to stay behind, right? Only what's done for Christ will last. So our father says tonight, I want my children to learn to build up yourself. Start adding to your faith so that one day when we stand before God, we have something to lay at the feet of Jesus. Let's